Welcome to the Next Level Soul podcast, where we ask the big questions about life. Why are we here? Is this all there is? What is my soul's mission? We attempt to answer those questions and more by bringing you raw and inspiring conversations with some of the most fascinating and thought-provoking guests on the planet today. I am your host, Alex Ferrari. I've always wanted to help the audience take their soul to the next level, so I've partnered with Mind Valley and other amazing free courses on spirituality, mind, body, soul, longevity, wealth, and so much more. All you need to do is go to nextlevelsoul.com forward slash free. Disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the guest and do not necessarily reflect the views or positions of the show, its host, or any of the companies they represent. Well, guys, today on the show, we have channeler Jeffrey Hoppy, and Jeff is the world-renowned channeler of Adamus St. Germain. He is also a lecturer, an author, and the founder of the Crimson Circle. And Jeffrey and I had a wonderful conversation about spirituality, about life, about the fabric of reality, why we're here, consciousness, and so, so, so much more. It was an intense and wonderful conversation so let's dive in. I'd like to welcome to the show, Jeffrey Hoppy. How are you, Jeffrey? I am doing well this morning. How are you? I'm doing very good, my friend. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I'm excited to talk to you because uh, you, you're doing some interesting work, sir. You've done some interesting work in your career and you live an interesting life, let's say. It is uh, very interesting. Interesting is an interesting word, but uh, yeah, it's, you know, all this came about kind of by accident and uh but my wife, Linda, and I have been doing it for the last 22 years, and uh, we've traveled the world, and gosh, I think we've been to 38 different countries. Now we have a, a retreat center in, on the big island in Hawaii, so it is the life. Uh, a little crazy at times, I mean, but it is the life. Without question. So let me ask you, what was your life like prior to you, you know, starting to channel and 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 this, this insanity came up onto <laughs> right, you? Because right, from what right. I understand, you were... You were walking down a path. You were, you know, financially successful. Career was on track. Everything was good. And then your world gets turned upside down. Boom. Yeah. Well, I and I'll, I'll keep this condensed. When I was young, very young, uh, I always had that kind of feeling, knowingness that, you know, I, you know, I, I talked to the, I had angelic play friends and things like that, but it got pushed aside. Uh, and later in life, um, Joined the Army, uh, which was actually a very good experience. They assigned me to NASA, which where I worked uh, in. Uh, it was a technical writer, uh, but uh, it was good background for what I would later do. Uh, I ended up um, later in life uh, starting a, an aviation telecommunications company, basically what people now know as Internet on the airplane. Uh, we started that back in Texas, back in Dallas, and uh, uh, you know went through the whole startup phase and raising money and everything. It's now a public company, and uh, you know it's on a lot of the airplanes. So, uh, and my wife and I led led a pretty normal life. Um, we we worked hard, uh, started n- numerous businesses. For a while, I was doing marketing consulting, and then uh, one night, flying home on a business trip from somewhere. Uh, I, I was kind of, you know, half asleep, my head up against the, the window. And I heard this voice and the voice is, I am Tobias. I'm here to work with you. And I kind of shook my head and looked around, opened my eyes. Nobody, nobody sitting next to me. I don't know. Geez. Okay. Well, whatever. Closed my eyes and he came back. I'm Tobias. Uh, we need to talk. And he went through a gosh for about an hour, and it was absolutely fascinating, blowing my mind. I'm thinking at the same time all this. It was kind of like a lucid dream, and I'm thinking all the time. I'm just I'm working too hard. I you know I had the aviation company, I had my marketing company, as I'm going a little bit crazy. But what he said was incredibly fascinating. So um, uh, you know, skipping forward, one thing led to another. And he took me through about a year of what I call spiritual basic training. I didn't tell anybody about it, not even my wife, Linda. Um, every night in the car ride on the way home, he'd come in and we'd talk. And he he basically taught me how to feel. 
how to sense energies, how to open up beyond my mind and into the senses. And it was, it was fascinating. At times I got so angry with him. I told him never to come back. Other times it was just so incredible. Uh, one day I finally told my wife about it. And how'd that, uh, go? how'd that go? How'd that go? <laughs> Interesting. Uh, So this was Tobias that I was channeling. And he's, uh, I didn't know it at first, I had to find out later, but he's, he was in the apocryphal books of the Bible, the the book of Tobit or Tobias. And uh, so he was, uh, he lived at about 500 BC, uh, quite a character and uh, uh, very Jewish, very, very Jewish, very reverent. So one day I came home and I got to tell Linda, she knows that there's something up. I'm just not you know, quite right these days. She knows there's something going on. So I got home and I said, Linda, you know, I need you to sit down. And I said, I have to tell you about a friend of mine. Oh. Well, the look on her face was oh. <laughs> like, you know, like, ah, and we had been married for quite a while, over 20 years. And and then it it dawned on me, oh, no, 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 she's misunderstanding. She said, no, 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 Linda, it's an old dead Jew. You don't have to worry about it. <laughs> And she, I think she was so relieved that she was she was open to it. And she said, you know, I'd like to talk to Tobias sometime. And I'm like, I don't know how to do that. I know how to do it in here, but I, I don't know how to, to do that. And anyway, a couple of days later, we sat down and that was the first channel I've ever done. I brought through Tobias and it sounded so rough and awful. And uh, to have to put that energy into words seems so crude, but um, Linda loved it, and and it went from there. Uh, Go ahead. Uh, a couple of years later, I, I was still doing the aviation work. A couple of years later, uh, the uh, even though I was the co-founder in the company, I was fired, which was probably the best thing that ever happened to me. Uh, and at that point, I thought, you know, why don't I just putts around. We have a nice ranch here in Colorado. I'm just going to take it easy. And the phones, literally the phone started ringing the next day, people saying, Hey, do you guys do workshops? And, uh, you know, we'd started a little web, tiny little website and, uh, and we're like, I hadn't thought about it, but I guess we could try. And so, um, life went from there. I mean, psychologically, I mean, when you, when this came out for you, I mean, when did you come out of the spiritual closet, if you will? Uh, because you, you know, you were pretty much, you know, just a normal, well, you know, doing, you know, you, you, yeah. you building up your life, you know, getting ready to putting the money away into the bank, getting a nice property. You're doing, you're doing the American dream basically. It's basically, right, right. and then all of a sudden this comes up and you're dealing with it. Eventually you have to tell your friends, family, other things like that, that now you are a channeler, which right. 20 odd years ago, or however long you've been doing it, um, not the coolest thing in the world it, it, <laughs> to be, correct? Right. Yeah, it, it was interesting. Um, you know, up here in, in Colorado, uh, it's a lot more open. Uh, sure. You know, than we lived in Texas for a while, and as you know, uh, it's there's it's the Bible Belt. Uh, but uh, here, people were relatively open to it. A, a good friend of ours was a psychologist, and and she came to me. We told her about what was going on, and she said, "Well." Would you work with me and some of my real hard case clients, uh, you know, having Tobias go back into their past lives or whatever? And uh, I did that with her, gosh, every Saturday for almost a year. And it was really, really good training. This was before I, I was publicly channeling. It was really good training in being able to really feel into a person, open up to Tobias, uh, have him do his thing. And then have a like a twenty minute break before the next person, and it was incredible training. As a matter of fact, but um, some of our friends kind of looked at us strange, and they're no longer friends. Uh, family, they you know we're from Wisconsin originally. Most of them are still back there, and you know it's kind of funny because we're open about what we do. They just don't get it. I mean, it's like they don't even hear the words, you know. So it's not like they're against it but they don't hear it you know they, so, they selectively don't listen to it that, those words <laughs> i think they think i'm still in the aviation business you know and, and and because that's comfortable for them to think that way but yeah it was quite an experience our lives um, turned around um, very quickly we started gosh traveling right away and we traveled hard for Gosh, from about 2002 to about 2017, 2018, uh, we put on, I would say, almost 2 million miles traveling around the world, doing workshops in everywhere from 
Egypt to uh, Korea, Brazil, uh, all over Europe. I mean, it was it was uh, fascinating, and we got kind of burned out, and we finally said, "Let's." <laughs> we'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show. Yeah, a little burned out. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> We we were we were three weeks on the road, one week back in Colorado, and, and just constantly like that. Uh, it was fascinating, but it was tiring. And we finally said, you know, let's let's see if we can find a place in Hawaii, get a retreat center, and have people come to us, which we did. Um, Twenty seventeen, we we got the place, and uh, it was it was incredible because shortly after that, of course, COVID hit, and we were in the perfect position. Uh, we've got a really nice um, uh, recording studio here in Colorado, down in town. Uh, we have the recording studio and the retreat center in Hawaii. We're perfectly set up. I mean, we, we didn't need to travel anymore. And if I never see the inside of an airplane again, I will be a happy man. <laughs> <laughs> Completely. So you started off um, channeling Tobias, but now you channel uh, St. Germain? Well, yeah, it's St. Germain, but uh, he goes by Adamus, St. Germain, okay. or if I say it correctly, Adamus Saint-Germain, uh, that's the French pronunciation. So what? So do you jump back and forth between the two, or did Tobias move on to somebody else? How does that work? Tobias actually uh, left in 2009. He reincarnated back on Earth. Uh, oh. And not that he needed to, but he just wanted to have one last lifetime and just to enjoy life. Uh, and there's a long, long story behind that. He is born and uh, raised in uh, in Oregon, uh, is, uh, goes by the name of Sam. And uh, um, it's a, a story that for another time. But so at that point, Adamus came in and he said, I, I want to go by the, the name of Adamus St. Germain to differentiate uh, all the work he'd done in the past as St. Germain and, and the people that are still channeling. And he said, I'm coming in for a very specific reason for Crimson Circle. And I don't want this to get confused uh, with anybody else. And as a matter of fact, he said, I, you know, I want you to copyright the name. Uh, I don't want anybody else claiming to channel Adamus in the past with Tobias didn't matter one way or the other, you know, but he was very adamant about that. And he said, I have a specific message over a very short period of time, and I don't want it to get cluttered with with St. Germain or other people claiming to channel Adamus. So when he came, it did, I mean, and, and, and forgive me, but like when he when Tobias left, how much time between that him leaving, did like Tobias talk to, to Adamus and go, hey, there's an opening. Uh, and, <laughs> right. and is there like, is there a bar that they all go to on the other side? They're like, oh man, I wish They're, I had a channel. I got one. There's an opening. I'm heading back down. If you want to talk to them. <laughs> there kind of is actually Adamus loves talking about the Ascended Masters Club. And he tells these stories, you know, he's good buddies with Tobias, Kathumi, uh, quite a few of the others. And so uh, I, he had told me about a year beforehand, uh, Tobias had said that he was leaving and he said that uh, St. Germain would be coming in. And when Tobias left, it was, um, gosh, when was it? Uh, I think July of 2009. And I had a, like two months off and then St. Germain came in. When I channeled Tobias, I sat with my eyes closed on a bar stool, didn't move around, just did the channel. When St. Germain came in the first time, he's like, oh, no. Oh no, this is this is my house now. He said, You're gonna open your eyes. And it was funny. Uh, I think we have a recording of it, but he all of a sudden my eyes are open. And I'm like, oh crap. And I'm trying to close them. And Adamus is opening them. I'm closing them. <laughs> but he he it had shocked me at first because I always thought everybody in the audience was sitting there with their eyes closed. And so it was comfortable. And suddenly I realized everybody was staring at me. And I'm seeing everything, but not with my regular human eyes. I when I'm channeling with my eyes open, I can see. If you were in the audience, I can see kind of overlays of past lives. Uh, you know, it, it's information. It's blurry, but it's multi-dimensional. Um, and next thing, he had me walking around, and that was really uncomfortable. Um, I was used to sitting in a bar chair, and, and now I love it because he's very engaging with the audience. I mean. 
when when there's a live audience he's dialoguing with them and joking with them and uh it's 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 a hoot well he's, I have he's to, very irreverent well I, I i sense that already and, and that's why i have to ask this question uh you said that he has some great ascended master stories uh if you could share one with us if you remember one that would be awesome i just love to hear one of these stories yeah, he'd be, uh, for instance, he said, you know, I was sitting at the Ascended Masters Club last night uh, by the fireplace reading a book, my book, of course, I was reading, and I'm hearing, overhearing some of the other Ascended Masters talking about, oh, that Adamus and that Crimson Circle group, and, you know, and, and uh, they're just, uh, you know, they cuss, and they swear, and they drink, and they, they smoke cigarettes, and, you know, how, how un- uh, holy they are and then adamas is listening to this and and you know kind of kind of pretending he's not hearing and finally gets up and and he goes and has talking and he says these people are real you know they're not pretentious they're not uh they're not bliss ninnies and then he chews them out uh you know so they're not like jokes they're like stories and and i think he greatly embellishes the stories uh mm-hmm. Of course, in his last, some of his last lifetimes, he was um, uh, Shakespeare, Mark Twain. Uh, so he loves the storytelling. Got it. Got it. But he uses it as a basis for for telling stories. Now, do you, when you channel, does it take energy out of you or does it empower you? Um, it, it it doesn't really take energy out of me. Uh, the more the preparation, if we're doing an event or something, you know, getting ready for all the people coming in, and uh, so no, I energetically I'm okay. The problem is that usually the day after, like a big channel in particular, uh, I need to be by myself, uh, away from everybody, and it's a very strange feeling. It's not like it's not like sadness, but a little bit like sadness, maybe melancholy during a channel i see too much and i feel too much uh it, it sometimes it's overwhelming and you know in front of a group of 100 people and you can feel some of the suffering and you can, i can hear people calling out in their mind to to adamas adamas please you know i need help i'm i'm you know i'm on the brink of not staying here on the planet and it it's it's tough i mean it's it's kind of sad uh on the other hand i can also feel the joy of people saying you know i'm I'm really connecting with my soul i'm you know it's been a tough tough journey but but i'm getting there so i just need i need that space the the day after to kind of come back to myself because i'm assuming that when you are surrounded by so many people with their own issues their own baggage their own dramas you are empathic to that and feel a lot of that stuff uh, normally, I'm not as as Jeffrey, the human. Uh, when I'm in channel, I am. Uh, I get very, very sensitive. Uh, very sensitive as somebody touches me. Uh, it's like like uh, like a shock almost. Uh, but I, I'm very aware of the energy in the room and the people and the individuals. And uh, what's really cool about it is we'll do a workshop, and even though. You know, it has a name like um, staying in grace. Uh, every time we do it, it's different because Adamus tailors it to that specific group. And and we could do two workshops back to back and they could be almost totally different. Now, uh, I know we're not going to channel in this in this conversation, but can you is there is there a way to ask uh, Adamus questions and him maybe answer some of them? Or does he have sure. anything to say to this audience? Uh I, yeah, don't ask him if he has something to say, but we'll never get out of here. Um, I, you know, it's what I call indirect channel, where I'm aware of his presence right here, but I'm not in the channel state, but I'm, I'm aware of it. So I can say, yeah, okay, here's what Adamus is saying, uh, versus when I'm in the, the, the pure channel state, you know, I kind of move aside and Adamus comes in. But um, yeah, Adamus... <laughs> Uh, he doesn't talk to me in words. He talks to me like in like thought packets, and then I have to unwind them. But what he he's saying two things uh, to people is <laughs> the um, the the first is he's very uh, clear about calling people on their macchio. Uh, macchio is a is an old Zen term 
meaning spiritual distractions. It's very, very easy to get distracted, extremely easy to get distracted along the way. You eventually come back to the path, but uh, Adamus is saying, watch, watch the distractions, particularly right now. So easy to get caught up in, you know, crystal therapies and, uh, you know, uh, excessive uh, uh, rituals and uh, diets. Oh, he hates diets. Uh, you know, he says, listen to your body. Don't, don't listen to somebody else's diet. Very easy to get caught up in all that. And we'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show. We've all we've all encountered it on on the path, and he's like, stay very clear right now. Listen to your soul, yourself. Don't get distracted by all the other voices, all the other um, healing modalities, and today's latest uh, gimmick and, and things. He said, it's you've got it right within you. A reason why he's really emphatic about that right now is that there's a, an event coming up in in late March, March twenty second. And uh, he calls it Heaven's Cross. And what this means is that there's enough consciousness on the planet right now, in spite of you know what you read in the news and that, but there's enough consciousness on the planet that literally the kind of the veil that's uh, sur- surrounded Earth, uh, the dim- he calls Earth a dimension. So that's lightening up a little bit. And the other heavens, which he uses that word to refer to dimensions, uh, our accessibility to our soul, are now crossing, intersecting. And he said this is uh, bigger than than anything we've encountered in our lifetime or for many lifetimes. It's it's a new opening. Most people aren't going to be aware of it, but if you're on the path, if if you're choosing to stay on the planet as an embodied realized master, uh, suddenly you're going to have much greater access to your own other realms, your own other heavens. And because there's enough consciousness that's allowing this, however, it can be also overwhelming that suddenly you have this huge infusion of your own your own soul light into your life. And if you're in a place of imbalance, if you're using it for, try to use it for power manipulation, ego or anything like that, it kick you in the ass. His words, not mine. Uh, <laughs> it really kick you in the ass. So uh, we're talking about it in Crimson Circle. We're going to actually, we're going to be in Hawaii on that date. We're going to do a, uh, a worldwide webcast. Uh, it's it's an extremely special event. And, you know, we've all been through things like the harmonic uh, convergence and uh, Y2, Y2000 and all the Y2K, rest of that. Y2K, yeah. Y2K. He says, this is so far beyond that. And on that day, nothing particular is going to happen, you know, to the world in the news or anything. But he said, watch what happens after that. It's it's going to be amazing. Now, so many people talk about spiritual awakening. What is Adamus's definition of spiritual awakening so people don't understand? Uh, yeah, so you've you've got a, a typical person. Uh, let's call her Barbara. Barbara's going through life and goes to college, raises a few kids, is married, probably gets divorced, uh, just going through life. Maybe had gone to church, maybe not. Doesn't really matter because spiritual awakening has nothing to do with religion. And suddenly, one day, boom, something happens, and it might be a might be a car accident. It might be uh, just something that happens in a very lucid dream. It might be that, uh, you know, she's kind of at her wit's end and suddenly feels visited by an angel. And this is what we call the point of spiritual awakening. It occurs because at some level within the human, they're saying no more, no more. No more the cycles of lifetime after lifetime, no more of just being in mass consciousness, no more being asleep. So things line up actually prior to that specific event, and suddenly they're in a spiritual awakening. Um, like I said, it's really, it's not a religious thing at all. Uh, but, and you're in a euphoria. I mean, you're just in kind of a bliss state. Uh, it can last anywhere from like 90 days to to a year or so. And suddenly you're looking at everything in life different. Uh, 
and, and it's beautiful, but then comes the tough part and, and really the whole reason for Crimson Circle. Now you've got a long, Barbara has a long path in front of her from awakening to what we call embodied realization or, or enlightenment. And this is where the distra distractions come in. This is where the macchio comes in. And this is where the tough stuff, because you're turned inside out. You're everything you thought you knew about yourself, you realize you, you really didn't. And this is where uh, you go through the dark night of the soul, uh, and not just once, but numerous times. And this is where what we call the dragon comes in. And the, the dragon is really the truth of your soul, but to the human, it appears as a dragon because it'll, it'll just tear you apart. Our job in Crimson Circle is to help guide people from awakening. We, do, we don't do pre-awakening or or even the awakening itself but once you start getting on that path once barbara says okay you know my life has changed uh I'm, i lost my job now i lost my friends i'm alone i have no idea what's going on but i can feel something within me and, and that's where we come in to help guide them to help show them hey you're not crazy listen to yourself listen to your heart to your soul it's all right there it's not up there somewhere and you go through some tough times but and you're gonna have visitations from angels but understand those angels are just you from your future coming to assure you that it all works out and uh there is such fulfillment and joy in working with people in this and it's you know i wasn't an enlightened being when i got into all this uh so it's not like i knew the answers i'm going through it also it's been phenomenal and uh, just the the insights and the 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 coming to 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 be realized and and realized means you accept all that you are and all that surrounds you the world around you uh it, it's been a phenomenal journey and at some point barbara comes to the point of no longer struggling no longer fighting it's uh what we call the point of allowing and allowing means you are allowing your your true free self your divine to join you here on this planet uh in in your physical body but it also brings in your light body and allowing is in a way kind of a surrender saying i'm going to stop the games i'm going to stop the searching i'm going to stop my my own bullshit. uh i just allow all that i am and uh so at some point barbara realizes damn I've really been realized all the way along. I just didn't let myself believe it or or realize it. And then everything transforms. Suddenly, uh, the big kind of the big result of this is suddenly you're no longer having to seek energy outside of yourself. You're no longer battling energy or afraid of it. Suddenly you realize that all the energy is yours and it's there to serve you. So the flow changes instead of swimming upstream you know fighting to get a little bit of energy whether in the form of abundance or health or anything like that instead of swimming upstream you realize that is my energy and it flows in now and it serves you and then you start getting all these synchronicities in your life and everything just kind of lines up and you still have to deal with people mass consciousness but as as yourself you're no longer having abundance as an issue or or you're no longer searching for the answers you're no longer trying to find out who you are it's all right there so is what is the difference between what you just explained and being an ascended master ascended master you got to die uh you got to go well as they're walking the earth though is this kind of the state that they're into the Jesuses, the Yoganandas, the um, you know, the Buddhas of the world, these kind of characters who've right. walked the walk the earth while they're here, the Maharaji, like there's so many different ascended masters who are here and do work who are ascended while they're on the on this plane, but then eventually they die. Yeah. You become an yep. ascended master once you die. But during right. the process that there are at, on earth, because there's a moment, you know, Jesus didn't start he didn't become ascended or didn't become self-realized until he was around 30, 31, 32, or something like that. Right. When he became, when he came out and started doing, right. came out and started doing what he did. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know what I mean? Buddha took a while before, you know, according to the stories of Siddhartha took a, took a while before he got out. But then once he did it, he was 
enlightened for yeah. most of his life. Right. Uh, so what is that exactly? But generally what happens in, in enlightenment is um, you don't stay very long. You realize that life is on the planet is harsh. Uh, you you have no more karma. Uh, you realize also that you're not there to save the world. And, and a lot of New Age folks have a tough time with that. They want to save the world. And you realize true compassion is not trying to change anybody else. And so most of the ascended masters stayed for a matter of days or weeks or months. You hit this point where actually it's a tough one where you suddenly feel like... We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show. I don't really want to stay anymore. You know, I've done everything I can. Uh, you know, I love the planet, but I'm leaving. Typically, they leave in a couple of, uh, of months. Uh, Kathumi stayed for about 20 years. Uh, and the, some of the ones you mentioned stayed for a while. Um because it's tough down here and because you realize your your journey is done here. Uh, Adama says there's about uh, 11,321 Ascended Masters in the Ascended Masters Club. That's not a lot, considering all the humans. Exactly. Billions of of humans that have come in and out. Considering all the incarnations, he said there's not many, but uh, it's growing pretty fast right now. He said on the planet, on walking the face of the earth right now, there's uh, slightly under 20,000 what he would call embodied masters, meaning that you're still in the physical body, you're still on the planet, uh, you're still a human in everyday life. Uh, and he said, but that number just even 30 years ago was was literally only in the few thousands. In, in the past uh, couple of years, it's grown quite a bit. There's a, there's a lot more embodied masters. So let me ask you or ask Adamus as well, what do you think is happening uh, in the moment in the world? Because the world seems to be upside down. There's so many different things that we are as a society dealing with between pandemics, environmental, economic, war. Uh, all these things are all seem to be swirling around around the same time. Yeah, and it's yeah. it, it's it's hitting everybody like a sledgehammer. And, you know, what there seems to be something happening. So in his opinion, uh, what is happening to humanity and where does he feel this is going? Because there is a level of spiritual awakening happening now that mm-hmm. hasn't at the highest level that has been in my life. I'm assuming yeah. in your life as well. There's, yeah. There's conversations like this. Ten years ago, this conversation wasn't yeah. happening. It, it just no, wasn't. There, it was rare. No. There's more awakening, uh, according to Adamus, there's more awakening on the planet right now than ever, which means there's more consciousness on the planet, which means now we come into this, uh, what he calls the heaven's cross, where now you, you have much better access to your divinity and to your own energy. Uh, what's happening right now, kind of as an overview, is that we're entering the era of the the new human species uh, on the planet. We have this old Adam Cadman template for the for the human species, our old biology, and that's rapidly changing right now. So we're literally redoing the DNA, uh, literally doing humanity. And over the next uh, 30 years in particular, you're going to see it change so much in terms of uh, it might be from augmentations from technology mm-hmm. uh you know uh he he talks about singularity which is he says we're on target for about 2050 a uh, singularity means that you can't even chart it anymore it just the changes that are occurring in the human genome in the human brain and everything else uh we're, we're kind of on a big curve right now like that but then it hits that point in 2050 you know, it can't curve anymore. So it literally kind of does a loop and goes into another dimension. And uh, that's what's happening right now. We're, we're the human species uh, is being redone. And, you know, some are looking at it from a technology standpoint, uh, the ability to have implants. I mean, it's already happening. This oh, no, we're, we're probably a few years away from that. I mean, there is implants already, but like, Matrix, yeah. matrix style implants where you can download, style. Yeah. Could download kung fu. Uh, might so we'll see it in, yeah. we'll see it in our lifetime. Uh, yeah. and and uh, nanotechnology and some of the other things that are coming about that 
that are they're on the they're on the workbench on the R&D bench right now or some of them are already implemented uh and he said that's just going to keep increasing and increasing uh I don't know if you're familiar with Moore's law the, oh yeah yeah the, it just keeps yeah. doubling and doubling every what every couple of yeah. years but it's even yeah. faster now yes and that's what he said it's 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 going to continue so you're going to see we're going to see life change before our eyes and it, it's going to be wonderful in many respects, uh, what we're able to do with the body uh, to rejuvenate it. But it's going to be difficult also because there's old powers on the planet that are trying to hold on. They do not want to see a change because they lose their power base. And now, whether it's a country, whether it's individuals, it doesn't matter. But basically, there's no room for power on this planet anymore. Power is an illusion. Power occurs when you think that the energy is outside of you. You have to get it from somewhere else. And that consciousness has got to change, and it, and it is uh, changing. But the ones who want to maintain power are going to be kicking and screaming. They're going to be holding on for everything that they can. And that's why you, you're seeing the polarity in, in society right now. Uh, the, you know, the ones who want to stay back in the old and the one who want, wants to go forward. But Adamus has said there there is no going back. Uh, and he's reassuring me of that right now. But we don't go back. It only goes forward, but there's going to be kicking and screaming. Which is what's happening right now in the world. I mean, there's, yes. I mean, there's so many things that have been brought up into the light that had been dormant for decades. And yes. now things that are being said in public, things that are being done in public, in my lifetime, I'd never seen anything like it. Uh, you'd heard of things like this, but you'd never seen it in public like this. Right. And it is just coming. I mean, and I'm just like, what is, there's something happening. And from what I understanding is those things are being brought up because they need to be, light needs to be shined upon. That. That's correct. And That's it has correct. to be exposed so it could be cleaned and cleansed. Because yep. if it's hidden, it can't. It can't be pulled out. The cancer can't, can't be pulled out, essentially. But can't be transmuted. Uh, right. So, no, it has to come out right now. And uh, people look at the world and say, geez, I think it's falling apart. No, no it's just evolving right now. And evolution is not always uh, easy. You know, sometimes it's it's kind of painful. Birth, birth isn't easy. <laughs> no, no. It's, if you ask, ask my wife, ask any woman who's given right. birth. Not, not a fun not, process. Not so easy. Not a fun yeah, process. Every... Before it was fun. After it was fun. The process not so fun. Yeah, not so much. Not so much. <laughs> well, actually, Dama says, you know, we we spend our whole life fearing death. He said, oh, it's so easy compared to birth. I mean, death. You know, you just kind of you should just walk out when you're ready. And and you know, it's not a great big traumatic uh, event when you hit the other side, uh, and unless it may be suicide. But he said death is easy. But. Um, there's Adamus loves to talk about physics as well, and and that fascinates me. I, oh, I don't I have a tech. I love oh, quantum physics. Oh, love quantum physics. And I'm I'm not uh, a technical person, but uh, like in my my early career, I always took engineering information like like aerospace and had to rewrite it so a normal person could understand it. So even back then, I was uh, uh, kind of channeling in a way. Uh, as a matter of fact, I, I have to throw this in. Uh, when I was in the aviation business, uh, the, my buddies and I developed some technologies for um, communicating between an aircraft and the ground. And uh, we were the first company ever to reuse radio spectrum without it interfering with itself. With the same frequencies could be reused without interfering. It'd be akin to having like a hotel room that you could have two or three different guests stay in and they wouldn't see each other. But anyway, I, I did get three patents in multi-dimensional telecommunications. So um, <laughs> <laughs> it says I write on the patents and I thought, my God, that was really more about what I'm doing now. So I do claim to be the only channeler in the world with patents on multi-dimensional. <laughs> Which was kind of about what you're doing, but yes, I understand. The patent office yeah. didn't give you what a patent on what you're doing currently. <laughs> right, right. But uh, so, uh, you know, uh, right now, um, quantum physics, he, he loves talking about that. 
And he does it in a way that anybody could understand. Uh, but yet it's so fascinating. And, and one of the biggest things that he talks about is that on the planet, they, they're going to discover pretty soon what energy is. You know, we know how to use energy, but we don't know what it is. And he said at the core, uh, energy is yours personally. Uh, you don't really commingle it with anybody else's. But he said if energy is just communication. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show. Uh, it is uh, what he calls the, the song of the soul. He said it's not a force. It's not a power. Uh, it has uh, it has no agenda whatsoever. It's simply communication. We said this a number of years ago, and I'm watching now, you know, in some of the um, technical and science journals, how they're getting closer and closer to that understanding. Uh, they haven't said the words yet, but Adama said we'll, we'll we'll hear it come from the uh, the physics community in the next couple of years. The grand discovery that energy is nothing but communication. And well, the- it- well, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but no, like no. The, the concepts that, that fascinate me, and, I, and I'm looking forward to hearing more about that energy being communication, but simulation theory is such an amazing conversation in the quantum physics community because it is essentially meeting spirituality and things that spirituality has been talking about for 6,000 years. You yeah. know, as this is an illusion, this is dream, this is a, simu- a simulation. But now the math is starting to catch up. That yeah. this is that we arguably can mathematically be in a simulation, uh, yes. and that this is not a real reality. It's, and what does Adamus have to say about that? Well, he talks about that uh, that you you have your own energy; it's your soul energy, and that it's in a stays in a very pure, neutral state until it's activated by consciousness. Then it goes through a process of uh, basically uh, transmitting as light you know, from from the soul, and then as it makes its way into this reality, this very very dense reality, uh, the light becomes. Uh, uh, either the light is generally turns into a waveform and uh, also known as photons. And then it stays in waveform and waveform is nothing other than potentials, all the potentials of what could be until it's observed by a conscious being, by a human. Then that waveform uh, then transmutes into particles. And now we see it as atoms. We see it as, uh, as molecules, we see it as trees and mountains. So with with that kind of understanding, you start to realize, oh my gosh, the observer or consciousness is everything. I mean, it, nothing really exists until it is observed, until there is consciousness. Then it becomes whatever you as the human believe or think or or want to have happen. And and then suddenly your experience is created. It's it's actually very simple physics, uh, but it's kind of mind blowing too. Well, then that's a, that was if if in, in my rudimentary understanding of quantum physics that there was an experiment that illustrated just what you just said that there was a light beam, and when it was observed, it did something. But when it wasn't observed, it kind of did something else. And then there's something along those lines. I forgot the name of that experiment, but it blew people blew the quantum physics community away. Yeah, and then the d- debate in the physics community ever since has been, well, that was at a, uh, a micro level, but how does that affect macro? How does that affect you know the our reality? And they've been to Einstein strongly was opposed to that theory, but yet he was fascinated by it, uh, and and it's been around for a while. It's not new, but uh, the new part to me is Adam is saying, okay, now begin to understand that energy is communication. Everything communicates uh, with with everything else. And uh, once you realize that it's yours, once you get over your guilt and shame and whatever, energy starts serving you. And, and suddenly your life absolutely changes instead of now trying to get energy. And, and he says, by the way, the biggest crap in the new age thing is that there's this unified energy field that we all tap into. He said, that's absolute machio. Your energy is yours, uh, and it will serve you once you love yourself, once you accept yourself. And then suddenly, you're you're flowing. 
I mean, suddenly the, the synchronicities, the the magic, I mean, that's the word he just yelled at me. Suddenly the magic returns to your life. But you've got to come to the point where you understand it's your energy and you're worthy of it. And most people, first of all, wouldn't believe the whole thing. Secondly, even the spiritual people, they have yet to feel that they're worthy of it. And that's where the dragon comes in and shows you that you are. So why is that? Why is it that we feel that we're not worthy of these of this kind of power within ourselves? Because that seems to be the biggest obstacle in finding a spiritual yeah. awake or having a spiritual awakening or or having some sort of enlightenment in your life is that you we're not worthy. And I've heard this from multiple people I've spoken to on the show, especially channelers, uh, mediums, people who have these abilities, who they're like, why me? Like there's that concept in our head, like we're not worthy of the of these things that are happening to or this knowledge or this sure. strength or this awareness why is that uh, the because we've come to believe that the uh you know one of the original sins is that we were angelic beings and we we screwed up somewhere along the line and this is our punishment <laughs> yeah now we're stuck here on the planet and the church has reinforced that and everything and we build up all this uh karma over over lifetimes that which you know uh, karma is 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 machio uh it, you know you don't have to you don't have to atone for anything you just have to realize that i am that i am so we build up these layers and layers and layers of uh of this guilt and shame all the bad things we've done and on top of that right now every past life uh, and, and theoretically future life is active right now just because you died in a past life that lifetime is living right now and and it it is also every past lifetime is going through their realization right now they have to because in order for pure realization it's not only you but it's all your past life they're going through all their stuff and basically you and your past lifetimes are all reviewing the films of your life all the things i've ever done wrong and then instead of learning to transmute that or to to go beyond it then it weighs heavier than ever and that's the hard part of coming into realization all the shit that you've um, all the stuff that you've suppressed and hidden and feel guilty about it has to come out and it's not designed to make your life miserable it's designed so you can release it and you suddenly realize at a point there's nothing to be guilty of or shameful of uh, there, nothing at all. You've, you've, you've got a choice. You either hang on to it and keep carrying it with you lifetime after lifetime, or you let it go right now. And the moment you let it go, the moment you realize, all right, I did something. But as Adama says, your mind doesn't really remember what really happened. You think you remember, but you really don't. Once you allow that to come to the surface and let it go, it instantly turns into wisdom it's transmuted into wisdom and then as a human that wisdom becomes available for you to use as you stay on the planet but we're so addicted and that's the word a keyword thank you damas we're addicted to our guilt and shame well there's another thing that really stops us from moving forward in life in in, in spiritual life in you know regular dense life fear fear is one of these things that we're we're constantly afraid of so many things most of it made up in our heads because generally speaking we're afraid of things that happened in our past which is our our memories and things that are going to happen possibly in the future which is our imagination i mean if you think about it right. in that fashion we're we're insane it's insanity well, yeah it's absolutely yes. insane you know unless there's a yeah. tiger in the room you know that's about <laughs> to kill you there's really nothing to fear unless it's literally happened to you at the moment. And I don't know about you, but most of the times when I think about things that could happen in the future, 99.9% .9 of the time I'm wrong. It's right. never as bad as it, it seems, right. uh, all that kind of stuff. So what is it? What can we do? What does Adamus have to say about what can we do to break through our fears, not only in, in our daily lives, but to break to take that leap of faith that we are being guided, that we are walking a path of spirituality in our lives and mm -hmm. open ourselves up to that information and that 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 soul energy that you're talking about to come in. Yeah, by, by the way, that tiger in the room, you just realize it's an illusion. 
and it's scarier than hell because your eyes are seeing a tiger and that tiger is, you know, his teeth are showing and it's about to pounce on you. But that's when you take a deep breath and go, it's just my energy. It is an illusion. And it's tough to do. Well, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to say I'm not evolved to that level yet. If the tiger's in the room, <laughs> I'm probably going to be wrapping my pants and running, sir. So I'm not that involved just yet, but I understand what you're saying. <laughs> Speaking of that, uh, up where we live here in, in the mountains in Colorado, we have mountain lions. And uh, particularly, they like to roam around in the winter. And, you know, you, it's like, oh, my God, am I going to get eaten by a mountain lion? It's eh, not today. Uh, so fear, uh, the, for those who are on the, on the spiritual path, I'm not speaking to all humanity, but for, for those who are on the path, the, the greatest fear is your own power, uh, what you're capable of doing. And uh, most have shown it in a past life or even in this lifetime with the abuse of power, whether they were, you know, religious leaders, business leaders, uh, or, or warriors. So many of us were warriors in the past. And then we we hide from our own self then because we say we we we're not worthy we abuse that power we'll be right back after a word from our sponsor and now back to the show and then we we go into the shell and you know so often adamas is working with people on their voices like during the workshops like let that energy, let yourself come out again. But but I think the greatest fear is the power, uh, what you're capable of doing. But and you come to realize that in realization, you, you there there is no power and you're not going to abuse yourself or anybody else. Uh, you, you're too evolved. You're too wise for that. So it's that ability to, to stop fearing your own power. What? We've discussed a little bit about reincarnation and past lives and things like that. Why do we choose to reincarnate again and again? You know, I, I, from my understanding, and, and please, uh, I have Adamus correct me or not, the concept of karma has been skewed over the years a bit, where it was before it's a punishment. From my understanding, it is a choice. We all have free choice. And when we do something bad in a, or or something that is not negative in one way, shape, or form in one life, in this life, you're like, you know what? I really want to clean that up. I want to balance that out. And you choose yeah. to come back to deal with that problem, not by some law or not. Some, there's right. not a clerk up top that has a, a ledger like, well, you screwed Bobby over. Now you've got to get screwed over in this life. Right. It's more like, man, I screwed Bobby over. I, I really need to balance this out. I'm going to go back into this next life and have a situation where I will feel what he felt. But it's a choice. So- that's my understanding of karma. And but why do we reincarnate according to Adamas? What what's the purpose for us to keep doing it again and again? There, there's a lot of purposes. Ultimately, the the journey on the planet, you know, from the angelic being that we used to be to now, is all about and understanding the relationship between consciousness and energy. I mean that that's why Earth was created in the first place. So it's hard to do that in just one one gig, you know, you got to come back and do it a couple <laughs> times. And then, then you get lost in the karma. Karma is like a magnetic force. Uh, like you say, there's no jury or judge on the other side. It draws you back in. It's unfinished business. Uh, it's something that has to uh, has to have closure on it. The greatest karma uh, and, and the most, the one that's the least talked about is your ancestral karma. Yeah. Uh, it's huge. And yeah. it's it's actually, Adama says, it's greater than your past life karma. So you come back in lifetime after lifetime in the same group of people. Adama says, generally, if you look at it statistically, most people come back in for their next lifetime with the same group. And, and they live in the same general area, no, usually no more than 50 miles away from their past lifetime. And they do that lifetime after lifetime after lifetime. And that's kind of the, the definition of crazy. When you keep the, doing the same thing over and over again, hoping for a different results. Well, well, let me ask you, can you explain what um, ancestral karma is? Because it is a concept that isn't discussed very often, but right. it, I have come across it uh, a lot lately. And it is, it's really an interesting idea and concept because it seems that, you know, it's your ancestors, you're dealing like, you know, if there was a, 
a warrior in the Mayan times that got thrown off of a of a pyramid, you're going to still be afraid of heights. Um, right. Right. <laughs> at true, the, true. These kind of things, and you're like, why? And then, so then the, the the question is, why do you choose to come back into a body that has that karma that really had nothing to do with you per se? Yeah, and I guess the bottom line is it's easy, it's comfortable. You come back with the same family members, uh, and you know the lineage. You know you were the lineage. You were the great 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 grandfather, and so you come back in that. Uh, you're comfortable with the DNA. You're comfortable with the players, and generally. You've developed karma with the players, uh, so you got to come back in and try to clean it up. But uh, Adama says that most marriages are actually based on karma, not on true love. You know, when you have that experience, you you meet somebody, you fall in love, love at first sight. He's like, ah, now you're just remembering who they are, and you're now going to jump right back into karma with them uh, because there's unfinished business, and it becomes very incestuous with uh, with your own biological family. There's kind of a magnetic link that keeps you all together and uh, brings you back lifetime after lifetime. Uh, very often in a family, let's say the grandpa dies, and then a month later, a newborn baby comes in. It's probably grandpa. Uh, if grandpa, grandpa sometimes will wait for a while, but it's easy, it's comfortable, there's karma. And sometimes we're just very uh, unaware of our choices. And and it's hard, too, because when you leave that ancestral bondage, their spirits are calling out. They want you back. You know, well, how could you dare leave the family? How could the, soul, you... the soul group, if you will. That's a, another word for it. Soul group. Kind of, yeah, soul group. Uh, but, you know, it, it's you feel that pulling back and because uh, you're you're going to break the link, uh, the chain that's bonded everybody together uh, for such a long time. It's very tough to do. Uh, well, how did how do we get how do we get involved with this group in the first place? I mean, do, on the other side, is there a bar? We all get together like, OK, we haven't been down before, guys. <laughs> We're all going down. Let's go. <laughs> uh, some of it was based originally on the angelic families that we were in before Earth. Uh, there was uh, 144,000 angelic families that we came from. So a lot of times when we first started incarnating, you know, you chummed it up with those who were in your angelic family. And then you start developing bonds. You you have bonds of love, bonds of uh, of working together, accomplishing things. And then that developed these ancestral chains. Uh, you know, you've seen the family trees before. It's like, oh my God, that's all karma. Uh, and, and it's for the unawakened human, that's the easiest path. You know, why, why pick some strange family you've never been in before on the other side of the world? I'll just go back to my old family. I, I know them. So then what happens when one of those souls becomes enlightened and becomes an ascended master changes everything for that ancestral unit uh because they can feel it at some level it breaks the chain uh you know they talk about a like an alcoholic family you know if the, the grandpa was an alcoholic the dad now the kids and they pass it down somebody's got to break that chain and say no more uh we're, we're not going to tolerate that it's the same with uh, uh your uh ancestral family that I'm no longer going to play these games with you or with myself. I'm I'm setting myself free, and I'm also going to create the example so you, at some point, can set yourself free. You can be a sovereign being. We don't need to do this family thing anymore. We we're, we've become dependent. We've become uh, karmic idiots. Uh, let's not do it anymore. But there's a great uh, desire for them to have you, you know, in the nut house with them. So is this, it's, it sounds like it's almost, well, it sounds like a real family because that's what happens with a family. <laughs> no, I'm talking biological. <laughs> yeah, like biological, yeah. biological family. They just, you know, they're like, no, no, misery loves company. You're not yeah, going anywhere. But even yeah. on a, but even on a soul level that happens, but I mean, it, it sounds very humanistic as far as the, the, the emotions that are happening here. I, I imagine that when you're a soul on the other end, you're not, you don't have the same kind of human emotions no, in that no. sense. No, this is really a human thing, uh, you know, and the soul goes along as long as whatever the human wants to do. The soul is not here to dictate what you do. Uh, That's the, once the you're human, down here. That's once you're down here. I'm talking once about you're down here. When, when you're yeah. on the other side, is there a time that the soul changes? It's like, you know what? I 
I'm going somewhere else or, you know, uh, the soul group of Jesus, let's say, you know, because right. a, a character that we all know uh, well, uh, someone like Jesus, when he became enlightened and he became an, he eventually became an ascended master, right. what happened to the group, you know, of all of his, his, his parents, his friends, his other people that were around him for as many lifetimes as it was? Well, it's, it's a long one, but the short answer is uh, Adama says that uh, Yeshua, uh, Jesus, was not a soul being. It was a collective uh, made up of uh, numerous, very high level souls in the other realm to come down to earth uh, to to then bring together other people for the purpose of planting uh, the seeds of divinity that would be then harvested 2000 years later. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show. So basically he says, if you go up to the other realms, you're not going to find the real Yeshua. You'll find the religious artifact of Jesus because enough people believe in that. But there is no soul being that was known as Jesus. It was a a collective kind of it was kind of like a, a group effort. Uh, to bring light to the planet, because I mean, he he planted a seed that is still. I mean, we're still talking about him. We're still talking. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then the same token, he says that, uh, for instance, Hitler was not a soul being. You're not going to find Hitler in the other realms. It was a. Uh, it was actually he says it was a, uh, a collective uh, consciousness of um, uh, of of the Jews. Uh, going back to the time of Atlantis, where there was a lot of abuse by the what was known as Hapuro. Uh, it was the family of uh, what later became known as the Jews on the planet. And, and they did some pretty bad stuff back in Atlantis. And this was their own retribution. So collectively, they created a being known as Hitler. Uh, but it's not a soul being. Mm. Are there any of those walking the planet now? Yeah. Collective uh, beings? Same- Yes. Uh, back, uh, St. Francis of Assisi was a collective being on the planet right now. There's quite a few of them, uh, but uh, they're, they're generally done to help kind of set an example or, or to uh, to have the strength to endure to get through uh, challenging times. Uh, but yes, there are on the planet, and I'm not one of them. <laughs> <laughs> um uh, I, I could talk to you um, for hours, sir, and I could talk to Damas for hours. Uh, let me let me ask you a few questions. To ask all my guests: uh, What is your definition of living a good life? Uh, uh, living a good life is total allowing, and allowing is accepting all that is first about yourself. No more guilt and shame. You allow, you accept, and then about everybody else. Uh, you, you're not here to change. You're not here to try to change the world. We're here to bring a light to the world for those who are ready for their own change. We're not we're not here to go out and uh, be cause fighters. Uh, true compassion is seeing a, a beggar on the street corner and instead of feeling sorry for him going, oh dude, that is so cool. I mean, you are you are a manifestation of your soul acting out as a human on earth, acting out as a beggar. Uh, be the best beggar you can be. Uh, and it's tough to do sometimes to have that level of compassion. Uh, you, you see a, a child who's sick or you see uh, a woman who's been abused. It's very, very difficult to just accept it. But you understand that's what they, they're choosing at some level for their experiences on the planet at some level. And then you bring that light uh, without forcing it. You bring it and say, you know, anytime you're ready to change, this light will show you uh, the potentials. It's like bringing a light into a dark room. It's like you maybe are not seeing, you have other potentials. And when you're ready, they're here. And that's that's really why we're here, uh, Crimson Circle. And uh, we're here to sit on the bench, uh, enjoy the day, drink a latte, uh, and just let our light radiate, but not inflicting it on the world, not having our own view of what the world should be, simply saying, the light is here, do what you want with it. And that's exactly what Jesus said. What is your definition of God? Me. 
real plain and simple. No, we, we're truly we're all gods. And and once we realize that I am God also. Uh actually one of the books that I wrote, uh that was those are the only words in the book. It's that first page. I am God also. You realize your own divinity, your sovereignty. You realize that uh the I am uh, of yourself, the I am is that God. And many people would consider that uh to be egotistical or offensive and it's not at all suddenly come to that point of acceptance and you realize i am god also i well, i am the spirit well and this jesus said that all those years ago yeah, definitely exactly, exactly definitely. What he said. and what is the ultimate purpose of life <laughs> it depends uh it's ultimately to really understand the relationship between consciousness uh and we we the symbol for consciousness is a circle with a dot in the middle of circumpunct. Consciousness has no energy to it. Uh, it is pure awareness. Uh, and from the compassion of that, uh, the I am awareness, I exist, it created this thing called energy. And now the consciousness and the energy uh, are trying to see how they work together uh right now they're not they're two separate things energy is outside of consciousness yet they yet they work together ultimately it's really about incorporating energy and consciousness together uh into a, a singular thing and that's the the whole journey here on earth um prior to being on earth when we were angelic beings in the other realms it was all about trying to understand what is energy and we came to the planet to learn it in a very slowed down, very visceral, very condensed way. Uh, it allows us the opportunity here on the planet to really deeply experience it rather than having it as kind of ethereal in the other realms. Uh, and that's what we're doing here. And once you begin to understand your consciousness and that the energy is yours, uh, boom, that's it. That's That's the mic drop. And where can people find out more about you and what you're doing? uh crimsoncircle.com crimsoncircle.com uh i would say most of the things we have uh, in our library are free uh there are there are some classes and workshops but you know it's, we've been doing these monthly webcast channels since um 2000 so we get uh 22 years worth of stuff it's all free and is there any message that adamas would like to leave us with Yes, he would. The same message he started with. Uh, don't get distracted right now. March 22nd, when heavens cross, you'll have much greater accessibility to your own divinity, much greater clarity of your own energy. But if you're distracted, if you're in this macchio state, if you're seeking power, it's going to kick you in the ass. Uh, my friend, I appreciate uh, you being on the show. It's been a pleasure talking to you, Anna Damas, and uh, okay. I can't wait for this to to, uh, to be shared with my audience. So I appreciate you, my friend. Thank you for all the work you've been doing all these years. Great. And thank you for inviting us on. I really enjoyed it. You've got great energy. I want to thank Jeffrey so much for coming on the show and sharing his knowledge with all of us. Thank you, Jeffrey. If you want to get links to anything we spoke about in this episode, head over to the show notes at nextlevelsoul.com forward slash one nine zero. And if you've only been listening to this over podcast and you want to watch these amazing conversations, please subscribe to our YouTube channel at nextlevelsoul.com forward slash YouTube. Thank you so much for listening. And remember, trust the journey. It is here to teach you. I'll talk to you soon.